What's up, guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 180. And of course, I'm here with Keris. Sorry, that was my laptop. Keris. <laughs> I'll close it down. But here we are, episode 180. Guys, sorry if the sound is a bit off, but for some reason our fancy pants mic has decided not to work. So we're just using the built-in speakers and, and hoping for the best, aren't we? We are indeed. <clears throat> Tech is never on our side, is it? Can't. Cool. We can't have it all. It's true. It's true, right? But we've got our elf. Yeah. Kind of. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how are you, Keris? How's your week been? What have you been up to? Wow. What have I been up to? Um, well, I've actually I had a very interesting day this week. I had to go for a gastric alimentary test, which is basically like um, I've managed to find a really good gastroenterologist who is kind of thinking outside the box a bit with me. And he thinks I have some kind of nerve dysfunction with my stomach. So he wants to look at how it empties. And so <clears throat> there's a condition called gastroparesis, but he said, you're still a bit of an anomaly. So we need to run some more tests, which have been the same price as going to the Caribbean a couple of times. Hello, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> but this week I had to have um, basically a patch on my stomach, which had 62 electrodes on it. And then they asked me to lie down and eat. I was quite looking forward to this one because you have to fast for all these tests, which I find quite frustrating because I'm like, it's not really a true reflection on when I get symptoms is when I eat. And so many of the tests you have to fast from like the night before. So like by the time they get around to, you know, sticking the equipment in, manometry, whatever, you've, you've fasted for like 18, 20 hours because like your appointment might be mid-morning and then you're waiting and stuff. And and they're always like, oh, everything looks fine. I'm not like... They can see that there's like inflammation, gastritis, esophagitis and stuff, but they're like, oh, you haven't got any food in your stomach. And I'm like, well, no, because like it's been nearly 18 hours now. So I just, I always worry that like these tests really, you need to kind of like come home with me and like, the gastro to come home, have dinner with me and, um, you know, basically spend the night with me. And that's when all my symptoms kick off from like midnight onwards. So Anyway, this test I had to eat and lie down for uh, five hours and had this really lovely, um, she's like a physiologist, esophageal physiologist. So we were chatting away about various bits and bobs. And I was like, can I go to the loo in this five hours? She's like, ideally not, like really try. I was like, what? So like, like but then because you, ha I wasn't allowed to drink any water. So actually it wasn't too bad, but it's so hard lying still for five hours. Yeah. If, if I had moved, the alarm went off. And it's like you've moved, yeah. Was so you like completely lying like horizontally or more or less? I was like on a 40 degree, 45 degree angle because they said, Don't want you lying down in case like you'll like choke on your food, but we want you lying back. So, what it measured was <clears throat> the kind of nerves at the top of the stomach and then like the fundus and then all the way down and then the pyloric sphincter, which should empty. So, mm -hmm. what they're suspecting with me is <clears throat> something's going wrong across the day and either the food's not emptying properly or the nerves are kind of not working to innovate like peristalsis in the in the actual stomach and then in the in the small and large intestine but one thing that I explained to him was it's my symptoms are kind of worse from about four but mainly like eight o'clock onwards and the week before I had a um, pH a pH monitoring um, test which is where you have like um, a tube in your nose and it has a monitor in your esophagus and a monitor in your stomach. And it was fascinating because obviously I come interested in this stuff anyway. So I also, the guy that put the tube in, we had a really big chat about esophageal function and kind of COVID because I got worse after COVID. And he's doing a PhD on 
esophageal um uh, basic kind of esophageal dysfunction so he's like can I do some tests on you and I was like yeah sure only if you can share the results with me so I went into his kind of like study group um but anyway with that they were testing things like so I had to eat a banana and swallow lots of water and then basically they look at how the esophagus the sphincter opens and closes mm-hmm. and he was like everything looks fine it looks brilliant and he did my test four years ago so he's like it still all looks fine and I was like yeah but I'm not fine like I can yeah. tell you um and you can kind of see and he's like yeah you can see that something's going on but anyway this test had a camera in my stomach and then a uh, sorry ph monitor in my stomach and one in the esophagus and the idea is that your stomach should always be one to two really acidic and then your esophagus should always be <clears throat> ideally above five because if it's below five then they suspect that essentially it's like acid reflux and the, the amount of time that it goes below five is the most important thing over 24 hours but he said to me, do you reckon you can do 50? Because that would be amazing. Wow. Of course, appeal to my competitive nature. I was like, yeah, bring it on. But then <laughs> then he put the tube in and he didn't tell me this. They've like made the manometry tubes bigger. Um, like to, to the, like from when I had it last time. And I, yeah, it was just awful. It's like, I didn't gag or anything last time. It was just a bit weird having a tube down your nose and throat. Whereas this one, I was like, whoa, like that feels different yeah. but yeah it, anyway so when, when he did that I was like yeah maybe I won't but actually the whole thing was fine that like you could barely feel it it's just a bit of a scratchy throat yeah but it was really interesting because all my pHs were absolutely fine until dinner time and then they just all went wrong and what was fascinating was I've argued this forever they keep testing me for reflux acid reflux and I keep coming back negative but I don't think I reflux acid. I think I reflux alkaline substances. And I've only been able to find this out through private appointments, actually kind of going into random like Facebook groups with people who have the same symptoms as me yeah. and looking and actually speaking to consultants from the US. So the UK is just miles behind. Yeah. And I have, I've had like pretty severe like dental erosion um, as well. Interestingly, the, the, the guy that I probably paid the most money to, and I mean it, God, it was like £350 for about a 10-minute consultation. His response was, have you tried sugar-free gum? That was it. Wow. <laughs> there is apparently a randomised control trial. That's what he spouted back at me. I was like, wow. So anyway, I've managed to find a gastroenterologist who is much more ahead of the game and recognises there's like a condition called um, LPR, so I can never say, but laropharyngeal reflux. Um, yeah. But also just functional dyspepsia and um gastroparesis like other things that could be causing the symptoms and so he's like no no I'm going to rule out all of these things with you doing all of these tests so um I've been really lucky like it's it's cost costing me a fortune but at least I'm under somebody now who can just help me rule things out yeah and it's really interesting because I I've got to a point with it now where I feel like I'm quite lucky in terms of like nutritionally I don't know like if this is a condition that I can't get rid of, like, could I live with this condition? And like nutrition wise, the the diet that you kind of have with gastroparesis is like, it has to be really low residue, like, um, so very low in fiber. But interestingly, I'd almost found kind of better results going towards kind of like a carnivore ketovore diet, hadn't mm-hmm. I? Like, it, yeah. it, it definitely had helped me. Um, I don't realize really quickly that fiber was just like game over, like yeah. <laughs> absolutely no way, because uh, it slows down the gastric emptying, but creates so much distension in your lower bowel that that if you're not emptying properly, it's going to push everything back up overnight. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I kind of feel like 
grateful that I have the knowledge that I have to like adapt things. But as you keep pointing out, my mum keeps pointing out, it's not been that helpful because I know how to manage it. So when I get in front of people, my symptoms are never as bad as they could be. Yeah. Like if I was still living on like toast and cereal or anything, I would just be like such a sick person right now. Yeah. And if I was following the 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 nutrition suggestions that they've given me through gastroenterology, I would be in big trouble. <laughs> like, but it's so bad what you get from them. It's like, oh, your low residue diet. Have some rice krispies and some white bread, yeah. and, um, jelly, and like it's like it's like how can we make this? <laughs> Most people are like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> do what they try and do. Great. I think like when they when it's really weird when dietetics are trying to look at like a nutritional intervention to support a condition, they get elements of it right like fiber is no good fat's no good but then their second thing is like now let's try and make this as processed and refined as possible so that people find it easy to follow like or because or because it's easy for them to cater for especially if you're thinking about hospital food um i can't remember who sent me this recently of, of um someone had gone into hospital that they know for an operation and they're like type 2 diabetic and the breakfast was just horrendous and we remember this when your father-in-law, your stepdad, sorry. Stepdad, I always call him your father-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be my dad. Yeah. Um, your stepdad went into hospital and he was pre-diabetic. He was diabetic, wasn't he, at that point? And he, he got given yeah. cornflakes, didn't he, and white toast. And his blood sugars went through the roof, didn't they? I mean, this yeah. is what someone just showed. It was like orange juice, white toast, and cornflakes for breakfast. Yeah. And they were getting friends to sneak food in. And this is a private hospital as well. So and it's it, just it, crazy. It, it's, it's such a tough one, though, isn't it? Because obviously, like... We know the NHS is under a lot of pressure, yeah, like yeah. a lot of pressure. But I don't know, like something like that just seems like a bit of a clangor. Like, you know, like let's give a type 2 diabetic like an absolute boatload of processed carbohydrates. Um, well, yeah, but even I think the, the fights I've had with some of these gastroenterologists, like the debates I've had, they just won't recognise food at all. And I'm, I'm agreeing, like, in terms of mine, I've tried that many things now. I've gone vegan, I've gone keto, I've gone carnivore, I've done everything. I've tried every intervention. And I've come to, like, a middle ground of it's the volume of food and the rate at which it empties that has mm. the biggest effect. So I can kind of manage that. And But I just can't believe that they don't... You know, I've asked questions about food just, to, just out of interest, like, what's their opinion? And they just will not commit to anything, like, about it. They just won't acknowledge... They barely acknowledge the microbiome, which, again, I don't think we know enough to like guide someone necessarily, mm. but they also won't look at the connection between the upper and the lower. So you have an upper gastro specialist and a lower. Yeah. And I've had a nightmare trying to like speak to the two, do you know what I mean, and go, could they be connected? Like, what, what if it's just past the, the pyloric sphincter? Yeah. Am I going to this gastro or that gastro? <laughs> Who do, I see? do you know what I mean? Like, but the symptoms are in the upper gastro, but is it actually the problems maybe in the small intestine because you can have small intestinal um slow transit time which means everything backs i don't know do you know what i mean but i'm just i'm in the nightmare this and this guy that i found is the first one who's actually kind of looking at the whole gut um and and send, is sending me for tests looking at whole gut function which is like a relief i'm not saying i'm ne- necessarily going to get answers but yeah i just i'm just but, but it has given you like a like a glimmer of hope again, hasn't it? Like to hear someone talking about some different things and going down a slightly different route. Do you know what? It's been really nice to speak to a gastroenterologist who listens. Like I have sat there with, sometimes I rock up to the appointments with like 20 questions because I'll sit and read paper after paper after paper and I'll say, could it be this? Could it be this? I've seen this medication. It works on the transit time of the small intestine. 
what about this surgery? You know, I'll do anything now. Like literally, mm. if someone tells me it's surgery, it's surgery, fine. But <laughs> the problem is every time I need to know that that surgery is exactly what I need, if that yeah. makes sense. And every time someone suggests something, like originally the one gastro was suggesting that I look at, it was my esophageal sphincter and that I look at like link surgery, which is where they put like um, these small magnets just kind of around it, like in the esophagus that can kind of clamp shut. But when I said it doesn't really make sense because every time I have a manometry, it works fine and I'm fine in the day. Yeah. So it's actually more of a pressure thing that happens at night. So something's backing up and I think that's the problem. And again, you know, it's like when you go to speak to a surgeon about whether you should have surgery, <laughs> of course they think you should have surgery. They're not yeah. interested in that. Like, And that's why it's really nice to speak to a gastro who's kind of like, the, you know, the rule really with, for, you know, for med- med- in terms of medical professionals and, and nutritional therapists, we're taught this is we're taught this is first do no harm, you know, like, and try and find that root cause and try mm. and make sure that this is the right intervention for that person. But it's so nice being listened to, and he's really respectful. Uh, he laughs because he's like, "Come on, fire, fire more at me, fire more." Because I've yeah. literally like gone through every single medication, and I'm like, "What about this one? What about this one? What about this one?" You know. And one thing I will like mention actually is. Um, I explored a medication called low-dose naltrexone and he was really impressed. He was like, how, how did you get that? And I was like, well, because I have a diagnosis, I can go to a lot of private clinics now and they'll test anything for kind of chronic inflammation. So that's how I managed to get a, a prescription for medical cannabis. Um, and again, I'll talk about that in a second, but I was so impressed with how that was also, like how I was cared for by the yeah. team there. But with, um, with the low-dose naltrexone, it's for people who've got things like long COVID, fibromyalgia, um, skin issues like psoriasis, um, dermatitis, those sorts of things. I actually found out about it through kind of a mixture of Chris Kresser, um, functional medicine doctor in the States, talks a lot about it. He had great success with his wife's thyroid problem. And then our friend Claire used it for her psoriasis and, and she's also had great results. And it basically works kind of... Um, on your, on the the endorphins in your body so it attaches to your endorphin receptors and keeps your circulating endorphins higher but then works as an inflammation kind of modulator so if your system's just got out of control mm. then it can help kind of just rebalance the immune system but it's a low dose so it's very kind of um you know generally safe safer than a lot of medications that were recommended even i've had some medications where they've said no more than 12 weeks and by the way the side effects are, um, I can't think what it's called. I keep saying it to you. It's something like dyskinesia or something. And it's where you get jolts, but for the rest of your life, <laughs> like, you know, you get sleep jolts, yeah. the equivalent, but like in your face and stuff. Oh, wow. And weirdly, I sit there and go, could I live with that? Like, <laughs> but, but able to eat what I liked? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Risk versus reward. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> be hard from a kind of like work perspective but, but to say that like it's, it sounds like eating could be quite difficult if you're constantly well, yeah. jolting yeah true drinking drinking oh my god <laughs> just be frying coffee, coffee all over the place <laughs> but going back to what you said earlier because i think this is something we were talking about the other day right and and i think this is like something that we see like quite a lot is that the reality is like no one person no one professional is going to be able to have the depth of knowledge in every department to, to help no, you. No, like, you know, so you, you, exactly, yeah, you, yeah. you need a team, you know, and, and that's why we always say that, you know, don't get me wrong, some people can be experts in more than one field, 100%. You know, like you're seeing, like, from, from my point of view, 
you know, you're seeing a lot of personal trainers now that are very kind of clued up with nutrition and got the relevant qualifications so they can they can train you, they can do your program, they can also handle your nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. But nutrition at probably more of a surface level that's potentially more geared towards body composition, mm. if you need to go deeper than that from a much more of a, um, you know, you're working with anyone with like actual, actual diagnosed health conditions it gets a little bit more complicated you might need someone else that's a little bit more established in that field if that makes sense but we were just saying the other day that there's it's so important to try your very best to to build a team yeah yeah so you're getting help from from all the different areas this is where I want to give nutritional therapy a bit of a shout out because big up nutritional therapy. <laughs> I don't was, think people realise. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um, I don't think people realise like what we do. I think there's this like perception that we're just talking about fruits and vegetables. Eat your five a day. Yeah. Oh, we waffle on about the gut microbiome and all that kind of stuff. You're all vegan. We're all vegan. We wear twin sets. Um, but but honestly, like. We are trained, you have a year of biomedicine where you have to go and do every single system within the body. So we do the cardiovascular system, the immune system. It's like the hardest training I've ever done, like in terms of, it was like a mixture. It's basically like biology and chemistry because mm. a lot of nutrition is chemistry, but you've got to know your biology, your physiology of the human body. And then the first year, so it's a three-year course, and the first year you build upon that and you're doing all the systems again, but then this time you're watching... Um, lecturers kind of deliver nutritional therapy sessions yeah. so you're also that getting clinic training and then in the final year you're in clinics yourself and then you're watching others so you get like over 200 hours of actual kind of clinic training and then I went on afterwards and lectured so kind of repeated all of that stuff like lecturing it but when I have worked with medical professionals and I understand why this is the case everyone has their own department but the departments don't speak <laughs> there's so little liaison between them and then when I also had a role working for an app that was kind of medical based, it was really interesting that you have like someone who knows women's health and hormone function and, and everything to do with endometriosis, um, fibroids or like menstrual cycle dysregulation and knows nothing about metabolic health. And metabolic health influences all of those factors mm. so much. And I was kind of like, I don't understand why they're not linking it back to food, but then why would they? Do you see what I mean? Whereas yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. We know that like PCOS has a metabolic uh, component yeah. to it, but all of these things do. And just like this, it's going off track and I will bring it back to the to the track. Bring it back <laughs> to the Shine track. <laughs> um, there's, I had to write an article on endometriosis and it, it caused a bit of conflict because everyone assumed there's like a thing about endometriosis that you've got to have an anti-inflammatory diet, which means no red meat, no coffee. Like certain foods have got these like reputations as being inflammatory. Mm. But actually, for a food to be inflammatory, it has to trigger inflammation within the body. And many of these foods don't. It's a complete misconception. And but isn't there always an element of inflammation in the well, body? Well, true, when you're yeah. In? Just like we've all got cancer going on all the time and our yeah. bodies are fixing it. So, yeah. But what causes inflammation is actually being overweight and not having healthy blood sugar regulation yeah. and maybe some imbalances with your nutrients so like lack of vitamin d or something like that or maybe imbalances in your omega-6-3 um levels but even that's still up for debate like it's not you know i'll show you someone who's never eaten fish in their life and they're, they're not in any way showing any signs of inflammation and you could blood test them and they'd look pretty healthy anyway 
Um, so for a, a food to cause inflammation, there has to be, that's, that, that would be a causal link. Do you see what I mean? Mm. And there isn't a causal link between many of these statements that that's an un, un, pro-inflammatory food. However, um, anyway, looking at something like endometriosis, when I looked at the research, the reason there's statements about things like red meat being bad for endometriosis and um, I, I think there was like coffee was another one and dairy was because there's these big kind of population studies done or like nurses health studies where they look at groups of, of women and then they see a correlation between women who had high meat intake and endometriosis, the likelihood of endometriosis. And then you drill down and you're like, yeah, but these women were also overweight drank in excess, didn't take multivitamins. Not that mm. that's a good thing, but they were just like obviously not health conscious necessarily Yeah, and didn't exercise. So which one was it? Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, it was 15 servings of meat, red meat a week, which would even like you would struggle to yeah, hit that. I would. To so, be so I'm like, who are these women that are nailing 15 steaks? <laughs> I'm pretty impressed. But anyway, yeah, it wasn't necessarily steaks, by the way. This is another thing. There's never any clarification between a McDonald's and a grass-fed steak either. But the outcome is, of this study, red meat is associated with endometriosis. So when I had to then kind of guide, like, women on this topic, I was like, I disagree with this. <laughs> like, if, if a woman, and in fact, because I see low iron status more than anything, and it looks like, you know, lack of iron, because people are giving up a lot of kind of animal products and things like that, and then also exercising a lot more, mm. which uses up a lot of iron. So... You know, I'll see a woman who maybe has some hormone issues and I'll say, I think you could do with, if it's okay with you ethically, have some more red meat in your diet. Oh, but isn't that inflammatory? No. Mm. <laughs> However, being overweight is, oh, and by the way, I think that they all drank in excess alcohol. And again, and it's like everything gets cherry picked, you know. Yeah. So wherever possible, you often see with these nutrition papers, I've said this before, red wine gets this like health halo on it. Yeah. And antioxidants and everything. And it's like... It's, yeah, no one's drinking the half the time the recommended amount, which is like a, one small glass or two small glasses, yeah. two to three times a week. Very few people are actually having that amount, which is where you might say it could add benefit in terms of just relaxation more than anything. There's nothing in red wine you can't get from vegetables, fruits and other foods. But it's just really interesting that there's, I don't know how we got onto this topic, but... I don't. <laughs> anyway. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just going with the flow. Okay. <laughs> I think, like, I was telling you why I really think nutritional therapists need a shout-out. That was it. That was it. And just to come back, so we're trained in all of these different systems, but also how to kind of, how to read the evidence and look at the evidence. But also, I think one thing that's kind of stood out to me in my whole journey with my own health issues, and because it's almost enabled me to step back a bit and just kind of look at what's going on in the world, Mm. it's become really clear to me that there are very few people out there now that, are genuinely in this because they want to help others yeah. and are very passionate about it. It's become about earning a living. It's become very on trend. It's become about selling stuff. And a lot of people are approaching me and you all the time saying, got this product, like you should try it. Like we'll send you some free stuff. And we, if we use something, we put it on Instagram, but we've never accepted any kind of like payback for that. Mm. Like we just don't because... That's not how we want to earn a living, essentially. Do you know what I mean? We work, we earn a living, we run a company because we want to help people and fix people. And if anything, I think we're, we're both guilty of, of over-delivering and <laughs> yeah. because we get so determined to fix somebody, do you know? I like yeah. it. And I think, I, I think I just want to give nutritional therapists a shout out because many of them are doing exactly the same thing. They're, they're the people that are really kind of out there connecting the dots and saying, you know, I'm going to look at 
So the other thing that's really irritated me is I've kind of stepped back and looked at everything is just the way people are spending lots of money. I did this initially, like I was spending loads of money on tests, loads of money on private consultants, and I was getting nowhere. Mm. And actually, when I've really come back to the basics, yes, I've managed to find someone now who kind of helped me if this is just a bit of a kind of bit more of an advanced, like you said, chronic condition that just needs someone thinking a bit outside the box. But I also know that when I do return to things like looking after my sleep, eating slowly, chewing my food, um, breathing at meal times, these things are all free and simple. Yeah. I feel so much better. Yeah. But you can get so kind of, you know, swept up in like I need to be paying for, like we said in the last podcast, we just talked about various different trends that are going on. You need to be spending all this money and you don't. And I actually had a session, a mentoring session with a nutritional therapist and she's she's bloody fantastic. Um, I'm going to give her a shout out, Marie Frost, because she's also been on a similar journey and said like, I'm just finding that people don't need to spend all this money. Mm. And actually, if I get them focusing on the basics, the body always wants to heal. The body wants to survive. The body wants to be well, if we just give it the right resources. But it's really hard if you're not out there talking about genetic testing and, you know, you look like you're behind the times maybe, whereas I've gone and done all that. I always waste the money on me and you first, don't I? And then you go, well, that was a load of old crap. (laughs) (laughs) That told me nothing I didn't already know. And, you're great in terms of being a doubting Thomas because I can mm. test stuff on you and you can go, it's just nothing for me. Where, like, where, where did that expression come from? I doubting think it's the Thomas. Bible. Is it? We're showing our lack of our RE attention span now. It's all right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the Bible. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Although I, I actually think it's my brother because his name is Thomas well, that's and he's it. very doubting. Is it? <laughs> yeah. What a coincidence. <laughs> no, I mean, I am, I am genuinely. I've always been quite a sceptical, sceptical person. Um, but yeah, I mean, just... It's I, interesting because I, I think also people don't realise that a lot of the tests that people are recommending they're earning commission on and the supplements there's commission, you know, and that's what I think makes it a real shame for me that I'm like, oh, I thought people entered this because they really generally wanted to fix people and there's so much power out there. And I, I mean well, this but, from all yeah, different professions, you know, in, in But here's the thing, right? You know, like, th- there's nothing wrong with earning commission on something. No, yeah, true. You know, like, if, if 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 it's something that you genuinely back, you know, yeah. if, if, it's yeah, a, yeah. if it's a product, a service, or a test, whatever, like... Are you I, transparent about it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, be transparent about it. Like, but even if you're not, like, I, I don't, I don't, I have nothing against anyone, like, getting a little kickback, you know, if, uh, you know, from that point of view. However... I do feel that sometimes if someone is getting a kickback, it can cloud um, their, you know, true belief in the product. Yeah. You know, is it because you want commission and it's good commission or is it because you truly believe in the product? Yeah, yeah. Like, and we're not influencers in in in, in the respect that, you know, we, we haven't got, like, companies offering us silly amounts of money to endorse a product. No. but But we do get contacted yeah. a, a decent chunk of times, you know, like, you know, would you would you try this? Would you try that? And we you, could always, have, you could so have pimped your body. Oh, right. Do you reckon? Yeah. Not anymore. I'm past it. I'm, just... a, I'm a has-been. <laughs> no, you're not at all. You could, you could <laughs> no, so but... just get a product and go... In fact, you could get a little... You get one of those editing apps and, like, pump yourself up and go, I lost my way for a while. 
Yeah. Oh, what, what, like, like a, before, a fake before yeah, and fake after? Yeah, before and after, and then go, I couldn't do it. Look, I'm back, and it was just this little shot. All I did was take this, this shot once of a day. fat burning. And, and the fat just melted off. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Like yeah, green tea with carnitine with cayenne pepper. Just put all the, the known fat burning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put like, them all yeah. in a little shot. Yeah. Um, no, but like, but we've had some people that they'll send us some stuff, and because we'll genuinely say, like, yeah, we'll try it. And if we genuinely like it, we'll recommend it. Mm, that's and, it and if we don't, we just feed it back to them and just say, like, look, you know, didn't like this, didn't like that, like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but also, the one thing we always look at is, that influences me for sure, is if it's on the list, where should it be on someone's list of priorities? Do you see what I mean in terms of, like, one could be, like, the evidence behind it. I always kind of check that. But there's so much distraction going on mm. and people are spending money on things that they really don't need and then they're not spending money on things that would make such a big difference to them. And that could be like right down to quality of food. You know, if people just invested more in quality of food, I think it could make a real difference to their health. And even if you had no time to cook food, then go and invest in something like meal delivery or like a bit of kitchen kit that, you know, like an air fryer and stuff that means you can yeah. prep food quickly. Um, or... Even things like mindset support, you know, like CBT or yoga classes. These are things yeah. I think that are teaching you skills that will stay with you for the rest of your life to look after yourself. Yet this £40 coffee with some nootropics in it, okay. I just, I, I don't, caffeine alone is quite fine. Do you know? yeah. Caffeine is a, is a nootropic and probably enough for most people. The rest is like, if you've got money to blow and you want to do it, do it. Like, we have a little luxuries that we spend on. Mine is not butter. Yours is currently electrolytes. <laughs> You're obsessed with electrolytes. I, I really Flavoured electrolytes. Like, and we will spend that money on that because it benefits, like, it's just, I just love nut butter and you just love <laughs> electrolytes. But in my defence, I have had, like, so much benefit yeah, from, have, from yeah. taking, like, electrolytes. And this is another thing, actually. And I have actually got a business idea just... You have actually yeah. bubbling away about nut butters. I'm just going to take the the nut butter business by storm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I have an idea. I'm going to share, start sharing some recipes of my homemade nut butters. Yeah, I don't make the homemade. I add to existing nut butters. Yeah, and pimp them. But we can pretend, pretend yeah. they're homemade completely. Yeah, almost. So have a look. Homemade. Have a look on Kerry Smiles and Nutrition Instagram because they're coming. They're coming. So I've got to say, and I will be the, taking flavor requests. Some of the ideas are pretty epic to be fair, but I'm, I'm worried they're one of those ones that might just sound a lot better than they are. I know. So I had one, pressure, I, pressure's on. I had an idea for bonfire night nut butter with black treacle and some other stuff, but I'm not sure. No. I think some of your other ideas were better. I will probably look um, like your after picture, by the way. But <laughs> your before picture. Oh, before picture, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. By the time um, this business is launched. <laughs> but on just on the electrolytes quickly, like I was having this conversation with a guy who's on uh, currently on like my Strong 60 plan. Um, because he just shared the electrolyte that he was using, and I looked into it because I'd never heard of it, and I looked into it, and I was like, okay, like this, this isn't an electrolyte. Like this is basically a, a glucose hit. That's all it is. It was primarily sugar, and there was minimal, minimal electrolytes in it. You know, like especially like sodium, potassium. Um, and I just went back and I just said, like, you know, this is this is essentially just like an energy gel kind of like being disguised yeah, as a, yeah, a sugar as a, as, a, yeah. as an electrolyte yeah it's got electrolytes in it but the levels are so like ridiculously low um whereas the electrolytes that we're taking at the minute is a element uh, lmnt 
uh, is is the branding. And I also love Rob Wolf. You do, yeah, you do. <laughs> well, actually, this is this is an interesting point. Actually, Say about Bert. <laughs> no, no, I can't do that to Rob Wolf. No, he's like honestly, Rob Wolf is is a legend. But Matt says that he sounds like what's his Bert off Sesame Street? It's Ernie. Ernie, that was it. But he says, hey, Bert. Hey, Bert. <laughs> just, I just get that vibe. He does. Every now and again, it just comes out. It's like a little... <laughs> <laughs> but we do love Rob And now Wolf. you said it, I can't unhear it. I can't unhear it. Um, but I could listen to him all day. So it's like listening to Sesame Street but nutrition information. Th- th- this is an interesting point, which I'm going to come back to, actually, because it ties in with what you said earlier. But Element has got like a 1,000 milligrams of sodium you know, which, you know, is is backed by a decent bit of research. Of course, naturally, um, the electrolytes taste rather salty, but if you like salt, you're probably not going to mind. And, and the flavours are banging. I actually put them in. And by the way, we, we <laughs> no commission. No, we're not. <laughs> no commission here. God, I um, wish. I do I actually, wish. I put them in my nut butter. I mean, because, I mean, I, I, push, I push element anyway, because again, you know, just I, I, I totally... As a, as, a, as a product, I rate it. So I'm like, well, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I share it? You know what I mean? Like just organically. Why don't um, you? Why don't you do a picture of yourself on Instagram <coughs> with some element in your cleavage, and they might approach you as? Why a, are you? Why, well, you listen, could post I'm, a boy. No, but what I'm, I'm thinking. I'm more than just a body. I know. You know? <laughs> but what I'm thinking <laughs> is, they might then want you for their advertising, and we get free element, which would save us a fortune. Well, I might reach out and say, look, I don't want any money. <laughs> I just, 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 free just, just free element because yeah. I probably consume three times more than I should. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, and it's not, and it's not cheap. You know, to be fair, I've seen you sweat in the gym. I don't think you, I am a sweater it. to be fair. I, I don't think I am going over, oh. Like not, I, I did a bit of research on it and, um, I saw that actually about 3000 milligrams a day, you know, for somebody who trains quite frequently and, and has your muscle mass as well. But I like, but I am a sweater. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous how much I sweat, isn't it? This morning, so I'll just leave puddles. It was so funny. This morning we ran, so I didn't. I ran with our friend Eliza, and you ran it just slightly earlier. You were doing intervals, we were doing a run together, and we crossed each other, didn't we, on, yeah. on the road? And you and her were like dripping with sweat. Yeah. I'm not even a bead. I know. I'm it's dead really inside. <laughs> like, literally, it's so bizarre. You run so cold. I know. I don't you even. Really do. like, sometimes I don't even. Think, I go. What's the point in showering? That's it. And then a bit later, I think I should have showered. I can smell myself now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back anyway, to electrolytes. Back to le- yeah, sorry. Um, you've actually made me completely lose my train of thought, but never mind. I was, gonna, I was um, suggesting that you get them for free. No, no, but, you... but prior to that. Okay. Um, I think yeah, you oh, no, that's, so, so uh, well, I've lost my train of thought, but I'll, 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 I'll go with something. So <laughs> I, I've had massive benefit from the electrolytes like um i used to get a lot of cramping when i when i, when I ran mm. especially in my little calves uh it doesn't happen now and that's partly you know because they're getting more conditioned as well but you know i oh, do no, i do genuinely I, believe I that the difference taking them the, the electrolytes have helped um keris mentioned earlier that i get like the the jolts like i get like really bad restless leg syndrome in the evening and my legs i'm just like kicking around aren't i can't keep them still and then in bed and this is part of the reason why Keris and I haven't shared a bed for the last couple of years is because I jolt like quite aggressively <laughs> in, in my sleep. But what I've noticed is, is actually the electrolytes have really helped with that. And and one of my clients, she also has restless leg, restless leg syndrome. She got on them, same thing. Yeah, it, yeah. It's really helped with I've, her restless also, legs. I was trying to also persuade you because you've, you've noticed now if you have alcohol, you get it, don't you? Like that, you've yeah. made that link. So if I've, if I've had a few bevs, I just make sure I have extra... 
electrolytes before bed. Yeah. But funny enough, I also notice it's when you have yeast-based. Mm. I don't think you do, and I've said this before, I don't think you do very well yeast. But anyway, um, I did some training with a company called Hyphasta Terra on mushrooms, and they were saying, oh, I'm going to get this wrong now, it was either reishi or lion's mane for restless legs. I think get it was reishi. Get on the old shrooms. But a very strong dose, very therapeutic yeah. dose, yeah. Down. I'll so try it. If you have them. Because sometimes it is really I will look annoying. up the dose and then... Um, so, but yeah. Um, but what I was going to say, going, oh, oh, actually, so if you do want to get hold of Element in the UK, we use Health, H E A L F, which is how I pronounce it anyway. Not affiliated, but they Again, do have some very good products on there. Not affiliated, good products. Um, and I believe that's the best way to get it in the UK. Um, but I don't know if it is available anywhere I else. I think you should just go on holiday to America with a suitcase and come just back. Come back with, with a big stash. 10 boxes. And, just, and they're like, is this for personal use? I'm like, I promise you it is. <laughs> I'm like, I'm free a day minimum. But it's interesting because when I said uh, I like electrolytes, someone in the office showed me there, you know, you get them in the tube. Yeah. And I looked at that and it's like the salt was like next to nothing. And then there was loads of glucose. And I was like, that's not electrolytes. That's but you know what, though? This, this comes with knowledge. You know, yeah, yeah. me prior to, to Rob Wolf um, launching Element, yeah. like I, I, I would have just believed that all those others were completely sufficient you know you like know, this leads nicely into um i did some training with the mushroom company so high fuzz terror well can I, I just wanted let me just say oh, something on, on this story, sorry. so you mentioned earlier like you love rob, rob wolf right i love him i lo- love rob wolf um and his wife and his wife yeah but what i was going to say was is like you know we, we've we, no, no, i'm not i'm not i'm not um because i love rob wolf oh, and his wife and his wife <laughs> But, you know, like, we followed them for a long time, yeah, you know, yeah. like, especially once we kind of, like, came into the world of, like, paleo. And that was very much like he was the man, wasn't he, in the in the world of paleo. And over the years, like, you know, similar to us, like, he's evolved a lot in his yeah. approach, you know, like, as have we. Like, we're definitely much more... He's so honest. F- yeah, he yeah. is. And, yeah. and, and But what I was going to say was, is that <clears throat> we're talking about you know, different industries, different, uh, sorry, different professionals, if you will. <clears throat> and we've speak about this a hell of a lot where it's like, it makes such a difference when, I don't know, like you, you genuinely like, like the person that, that you're working with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. and that for me is like, like we, we totally, you know, we're, we totally back like what Rob Wolf shares. Are you like working we're, with him. We're very much on a on. Who did you work with him? I want to know. With who? <laughs> Rob Wolf. No, no, but, no. But what I'm saying is, is like you know, you you probably wouldn't have tried Element if I don't know, like no, it, it wasn't if it wasn't associated with Rob Wolf. You know, that was probably what was like. Oh, Rob Wolf, who I highly rate, yeah, 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 no. has launched this product. You know, that's backed by research. I'm going to try it and look what it's done. Like I'm now addicted. Um, but but I think it's same with medical practitioners. Like like I you know I know how difficult it must be, and what goes into becoming a doctor, a surgeon, anything like that. These people have absolutely grafted right to to get to that level. But we also know, like any industry, there are balance, <laughs> and, and it's yeah. almost like you can have all the knowledge in the world. Yeah, yeah. If you're a poor communicator, if you come across like you don't really care anymore, like people will pick up on it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I think when you're someone like like yourself, you know, where 
you know, you, you've been dealing with like what's been going on for like four and a half years now. And it's been a real emotional roller coaster, right? Like, and and people don't see this, you know, like we're, we're chatting away on a podcast now and, and it's like everyone will be thinking, well, Kerry sounds fine. And it's like, but yeah, but of course she sounds fine because it's for 40 to 60 minutes on a, on a podcast. And, but th- there have been times and there's been people that you've worked with that, you know, when you've waited for a long, long time for an appointment, and you've come home in, in tears because of how they've spoken to you and how they've dismissed you. And, you know, th- there could be a reason why they did that on that day, like whatever. But, you know, like we, I firmly stand by, you know, if you're, in, if, if you're in a profession and you've got a client, a patient or whatever in front of you, like you need to, you need to prior, prioritise that person. You know, your goal is to help that person in any which way you can. And whilst you may not have the answers, I think how you communicate, how you make someone feel in that moment just goes such a long way. No, I I wrote a post about this because, yeah, I had had one consultant who was so dismissive and so, like, symptoms aren't that bad. I think she's learned to live with it and will just scope you every few years until it becomes a problem. So that's almost like you're a ticking time bomb, but you're not, like knocking at death's door like my other patients. Because I know there's, like, a huge issue now, with, mm. especially esophageal stuff. There's big wait lists and stuff. And like I said, that some of the problem is because I manage it, my, my symptoms aren't as bad as they could be, but they're still there and yeah. they are a time bomb. But also I look healthy because I couldn't, you know, I don't do, I can't smoke, you know, I didn't even drink alcohol. I've recently just added that back in, but I didn't drink for four years. I don't smoke anyway. I didn't, I barely ate anything other than nutrient-dense foods and very small amounts of it. So you look healthy. Yeah. So anyway, this guy spoke to me so badly, but also was like, you learn to live with it. And he was being observed by an assistant. And <laughs> I think I was just at my wits end because I'd like so sleep deprived that day. Mm. And I was really hoping he would have some answers. And I kind of flipped and I don't normally, I'm not an aggressive person, but I no, literally, went, you can just go F yourself because I have, I have lived with this like for so long. Do you know what it's like? Like you've literally just told me I will at some point, you know, be in dire straits and just wait for that moment. And the assistant who was like observing him, she was training, she was a trainee doctor, was just like, I'm really sorry. He didn't mean to say it like that. And she was apologizing. And then he just walked out. He was like, I don't need to take this and walked out. I think because I swore. And then I said to her, do you think that's acceptable? And she's like, he didn't mean it like that. And she apologised for him. And I thought, isn't it different? It's also quite interesting that you're sat there with a ton of empathy for me and he's got none, you Mm. know, and he's paid like six-figure salary, whatever. And I don't know, like maybe that's where you get to (laughs) when you're at that point in in your career. But it came away and I was thinking like... That's that's an interesting observation, actually. Honestly, I've said this on Instagram, the people who are paid the least have treated me the best. Like the, the you know nurses I know uh, are not paid well. I, like you know I've got friends that do it and receptionists, administrators, secretaries. And then you get to the consultant level and it's like god complex. Like it really, apart from the odd few, like it is real. Like just look down my nose at you and I don't know. Just you know maybe to do that job, zero empathy is on the you know the is a prerequisite I don't know that's what I was going to say like you know do, do you think it is as, as straightforward as that do you not think you know like there's an element of like you know how long they've been in the job the amount of people they've worked yeah, with you know and, and I think the reality is is like 
I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit here, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like you know, like. And it wasn't wasn't. I don't really want to kind of bash, but it did make me. At times, I've I got to a point where because everyone said this is a stress thing, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I'm in the wrong career. Maybe I should step away. Maybe I should just literally. Maybe I should just retire. But the one time that I feel like, I guess, like I don't feel, you know, I don't have any symptoms or anything, is usually when I'm working and mm. I'm just like, I feel like that's when it. And it's uh, the whole experience has just made me more determined to help people, but help people authentically and affordably as much as possible, you know, and, and, and to deter them from like spending, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands on tests and, and things that will not make a difference, you know, and, but, but don't get me wrong. I mean, this podcast originally, we were going to talk about what do I think is a good, a good test to invest in. Like the first thing I do with my clients is like get a decent set of blood tests on them, you know, and, and, and half the time I'll fight to get that through NHS mm. because if they've got the symptoms, I know I can write the symptom that links with the, the test that I want and, you know, I can get them tests for free. Mm-hmm. And really interestingly, like, but, you know, it's just been overlooked. Like they've gone to clinics and spent thousands on urine tests, saliva tests and yeah. all this stuff. And I'm like, no one's even tested your your blood count. And let's like check your ferritin. Let's check your iron. Let's check like so many simple things get missed that are basic fundamental needs the body has to be healthy. Or if there is like an iron, low iron status or low B12, clinics are like, just have B12 injections. And you're like, why is this person low in B12? That's the question. You know, so is it a diet intake? And if it's not, then B12 is quite hard for the body to absorb. It mm-hmm. goes via something called intrinsic factor. So something's going wrong in terms of the, the you know, the di- no, it's not like a digestion or you've got leaky gut or celiacs. It's like, okay, there's, there's a problem here with the way that your body is supposed to get that extract, you know, B12 from food and mm-hmm. use intrinsic factor. So like, this is what I'm saying about nutritional therapies. We're trained on so much of the physiology that we'll go all the way back and go, well, why that, that, that wouldn't make any sense to me. Or, you know, if a man comes to me with low ferritin, I'm like, well, you need to find out, like, is this a, is this a diet thing? Mm. And if it's not, we need to rule out, like, GI bleeds and other stuff. And, you know, but half the time that this person has just been told, either been <laughs> sent round the houses on, on you know, by some kind of functional medicine, integrative medicine practitioner or Harley Street Clinic, do you know I mean, and spent thousands on something so simple, which was like, your diet is just not working yeah. for you. Um, or you know, mega amounts of stress in someone's life. So first thing I would do is go like, let's get you to a CBT practitioner or, you know, not necessarily cognitive behavioral therapy. It might be counseling. It might be, you know, whichever modality kind of fits with their, you know, beliefs. And I don't know. I just, I, I I just see people kind of being misled quite a lot. And, and what I think is really important is that my process is get somebody in and do a thorough analysis of what are they eating Food frequency, so what they're eating over a period of time as well. What's how much exercise they're doing? What's their body weight? So what's going on body composition wise? And then I'll ask about sleep, stress, alcohol, smoking, drugs, and stuff as well. And what happens at the weekend? Because that could be a factor. And it's like then I'll say any tests you've got, let me look at those as well. And then you just put together this picture of a client, and things always stand out. So sometimes people get in touch with me and say, I've been to this super duper functional medicine clinic on holly street i've worked with this practitioner that practitioner and i think oh god what am i gonna do yeah and i'm always shocked that the 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 basics have not been done yeah. with this person or like i've just said they've not explored the why i'm like i want to know why that's yeah. like that why is that low that makes no sense and the other thing i would say is then they'll be told all these myths about you've got adrenal fatigue you know <laughs> mm. and 
and I, and and the thing we know about like cortisol, for example, and even now vitamin D, is that the body sometimes lowers it on purpose because uh, this is what the the immune system wants right now. Yeah. And so again, but these people come to me and they're like, um, I, I have seen this. I've seen this time and time again. I have adrenal fatigue. I've been told I've got adrenal fatigue, and I'm like, there's no diagnosis. That's not a diagnosis. Mm. So whoever told you that that there no gland fatigues. You know, so whatever they've said, you may have true low cortisol, but I don't know how we'd know that because you're supposed to have your saliva, blood and your urine tested and no one ever does that. So if they've only done one of those tests, it's not accurate. It's not a good enough picture. But if you feel knackered, did we really even need to do that test? Do you know yeah. what I mean? There's going to be some level of hormonal good, dysfunction. good reason. Yeah, like you're out of whack, no doubt. And if you're waking through the night. So what do we do? Okay, well, let's look at blood sugars, for example. Let's look at as I've said, the basic test, make sure no nutrients are out of whack. If they are out of whack, why? If they're low, why? If they're high, why? And many of this, like a full kind of good MOT, I pay like 150 from Medichex. And you can use Thriver, Medichex, other private health companies. They're great in terms of looking at various different markers that you can do something about as like mm. a nice MOT. But also... I don't even know that I get that far with some people because there's enough on that questionnaire and there's even more in the hour that you have that conversation that reveals where that person needs yeah. to focus. Well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like... Um, and I'm going to give you a shout out here because you always pull me back oh. when I'd be getting excited about tests and supplements and the, over the 10 years I, I was kind of practicing in clinics and stuff and you'd be like, if you just sit and listen to that person, you'll identify the problem. Like, yeah. And you do. like, And you've always said that and you're always basically minimal in terms of what you want the person to spend money on and you know even I have to push you I go I think they need magnesium and you're like no no they don't they need a new job <laughs> well, it's like it's, it's like min, minimal effective dose isn't it yes, you know yeah, like yeah. why do more than you need to to to, to get a result to, to make progress and, and yeah. that can be applied to absolutely everything yeah you know what I mean it's like we're always like oh the more I do the better it will be but sadly, like that's just not the case. Yeah. And especially yeah. in the way of testing, because in fact, like you, you had an inquiry like um, come through uh, some months ago, and and someone like wanted to work with you, and they were like, "I want to work with you, but I'm going to have this test, this test, this test done first, and then once I get the results, I'm going to come to you." But your response was, "Yeah, but." I think there's a good chance you won't even need those tests. Yeah, yeah. So my advice would be uh, book the consultation now if that's what you want to do and then we'll see if like, there's a way of actually moving you forward without you having to spend money on all those tests. Yeah. But some people are genuinely convinced through their own research, you know, Dr. Google or potentially something they read online on social media that that because they identify with some of the symptoms or whatever it might be, they need to invest in those tests in order to get the answers. Yeah. But I, don't, I don't think health hacking has helped. So hackers, you've got... Oh, well, I, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I'm, I am guilty every now and again of using the, oh, like, here's a little health hack. But I think it's just like a figure of speech. Yeah. But I've got to a point now where I've decided I hate it. <laughs> like, you can't hack health. You can't, you know, like... It, it, it just doesn't happen. And actually, what's interesting it's not a health is hack. It's just a lot of health hackers are paid a lot of money to promote tests and supplements and kind of the latest thing. And a lot of them might be celebrities as well. So it ends up being like the next big thing. Very influential. 
But again, when people end up kind of bringing it to me, I'm always like, you don't need that. You definitely don't need that. And it's a shame because you're now going to have to pay for something that you do need, which is <laughs> B12 or iron well, or vitamin D. But that's the thing, that your, your, your comeback to a lot of people <laughs> some, is, is... Some is, decent food in your diet. <laughs> and, 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 but it's true. Like, yeah, But this yeah. is where, like, you know, like, you know, and again, like this is this is a massive, like, praise for you that I've always said is that, like, something that is like abundantly clear to me is like you genuinely want to help people. Like it's, it's so clear, you know, to me, to the people you're working with and, and you get that feedback a lot. Like, you know, it just feels like you care and that in itself goes such a long way. Like people like to feel cared for. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, and, and yeah, fair enough. Like you, you've got to earn a living as well. Like, you know, you've got to get, you've got to get paid like everyone does, you know, but what I love is when you kind of like, I've heard you say it to people like, you know, like, look, there's a chance that you're going to need to supplement. And, you know, like I'd, I'd much rather you save some money to invest in some quality supplementation, some really good food to help you on this journey rather than spending untold amounts of money on a load of tests that you really well, probably don't need. The point, the point of a test should be that like working with this gastro that I'm working with, he's like, I've got a hypothesis that this is what's wrong with your stomach and the test will tell us yes or no. So like prove his prove him wrong, if anything. You know, we talked about like um, about having a bias. Yeah. And so the point of a test should be, I suspect this is the case, but let's run a test and see. But in my opinion, if, and I've, I've, I've got, um, I spoke this week with a menopause practitioner because we're going to be doing a project together and she's fantastic. She's been doing this for decades and she's like... Most of the time, we don't need these tests, you know, to, to establish, like, you can go off um, age symptoms, like a good health history of that person and a good conversation about their symptoms. And I said, yeah, I know. And I said, I, I feel like when I first started out, I would test because I maybe didn't have the experience and the confidence, but it, I, it would only ever confirm what I was probably going to do anyway, because these aren't diagnostic tests that we run as nutritionists, you know, they're kind of looking at hormone rhythms and balances and microbiomes yeah. and stuff. And I was always like... I was going to do that anyway. And it's just cost that client like 300 quid and puts a massive amount of pressure on you to make sure that that client gets results. I'll never forget running an intolerance test on a client. We agreed it after a while. We'd worked together for a long time and she had an autoimmune condition and said, I just want to know there is an autoimmune test you can do. It's a Cyrex panel and they are validated, scientifically validated. So you can do these Cyrex panels and there's one for gluten and then there's one for cross-reactive proteins and it's about 600 quid. And in the end, I kind of got it. She was like, because I'm even tempted to do that. It was just out of interest. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to do it. Nothing came up. Wow. Not one. Autoimmune condition and not one food came up. And we were gutted. <laughs> I was like, wow. I'm gutted for you. Like, maybe we've just done, like, such a good job on fixing your gut that there is now no antibodies towards, you know, like, food, whatever. But... Because we had worked together about 12 weeks. She was like, no, I think I want it. Because I said, that's the only test I'd suggest for autoimmunity. It's see if there's a certain food. But again, the gold standard is take it out. And if you feel better, you feel yeah, better. Yeah, elimination and that's diet. free, yeah. And then you can do a challenge test where you add it back in and see if it worsens symptoms. But I think what I have got to a point with is, like I said, certain tests I'll pull in. So if a client has traveled and has like really bad diarrhea and stuff, like that, we need to do a stool test and see if they're looking like they might have inflammatory gut stuff going on, I might do stool tests and see. But most of the time, what I found with the stool test was actually by the time I've got someone 
supported their gut infrastructure. So this isn't just about the food. It's about the infrastructure of the gut, which is about their nervous system. Mm -hmm. So it's like doing everything. So I might use supplements for that. So it might be something along the lines of um, even like prokinetics to get the gut moving and stuff like that. Um, But getting their diet right, getting their sleep, getting their breath work, the pace that they eat, chewing their food, all that kind of stuff, having some fun, do you know what I mean? And not just obsessing about the, the kind of... This has been a big factor for me is like I've almost been encouraged to live as if I'm not having these symptoms mm. because it does minimise the symptoms for sure. Like yeah. you just, if, if you, they're still there. Like mine are in my sleep, so I, <laughs> there's not I can do then. But <clears throat> if, I, if I just live and breathe them in the day, I'm way worse. So trying to just enjoy my life as much as possible. And I have um, a friend who's going through a kind of long COVID treatment with a specialist and he said the same thing. He's like, I want to give you a medication that's going to minimise the symptoms and I want you to try and go out and live again because I think yeah. this is going to help you. Like, resume your life, go out and have dinner, go and enjoy being with your friends. Yeah. So again, our nervous systems are really powerful if we can just get them in the right place. But what I was just going to say was like, I occasionally I'll pull in a test if I'm really like, oh, there's just something here that I think we just need to confirm because that's going to determine it, the, the outcome of mm. the the kind of, or the, the plan that we put together. But most of the time it's not needed because I'll know, I'll have an idea of what I'm going to do and what's yeah. going to be effective. And just on that quickly, like we've said this before many a times, like, you know, and I think it's just such a great way to highlight that it's just so much more than the, like the food you're eating and, and, and what, what you're drinking. Like the amount of people we've worked with whose symptoms that they've come to us with in the first place actually uh, are alleviated when they're on holiday. Oh, God, yeah. But still consuming like potential trigger foods, if yeah, you yeah, will. Yeah. But they're actually like, I don't understand. I was eating like my body weight in bread and drinking and, and whatnot, but I didn't have any flare-ups or any symptoms. And it's like, all oh, right. Well, that's, I mean, I did a post. So if you, again, have a look at um, Fit Food Instagram or Keris Mars Nutrition, I did a post on Zoe app. And I've had so many people write to me off the back of that and say, I'm so glad you said what you said, which was basically, I just listed, you know, a ton of things you could do before paying like Zoe app. Mm. And, and one of them I'd put like, it's interesting, I put get divorced. And someone thought, why have you put that? Uh, whereas other people messaged me, I love the get divorced. Yeah. And, I, and the person that said, why have you said that is obviously in a very happy relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but Brilliant. because me and you have often said, like, we'll often work with a client together and we'll say to the client, do you mind if Matt and I discuss what we think you should do with you going forward? So you'll be doing a lot of the training stuff, I'm doing the nutrition stuff. And we'll get together and we'll both go, it's not the, the problem is not the food mm. the, the 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 food habit is a symptom of a bigger yeah. problem which is often a relationship um yeah. a job feeling undervalued feeling uh, neglected feeling not loved feeling all of these things like we see it time and time again yeah. don't we and then we see this reaction sometimes from nearest and dearest about when someone wants to get healthy and fix themselves and you know this this kind of like oh, i'm not doing this and it's affecting me and and we're all often like gosh that's a sign of a kind of it's really difficult that's a quite mm. unsupportive relationship at this point in time um so you know like me and you can kind of pick up on those things so i'm always like minimal supplements because it's not going to cut the mustard <laughs> like yeah. and minimal tests until this person and i'll often say this is only going to work if you go and have some kind of talking therapy alongside this so mm. that you can figure this out like i will plant seeds yeah. and i'll often talk through you know helping people to understand the importance of the relationships and environments they're in and what their kind of work situation might yeah. be doing but it's up to them at the end of the day, obviously, to... And I know there's this whole thing of, like, 
some people are trapped. I understand that. Like, I've seen that situation. I mean, truly trapped, like financially or like, you know, obligations, work and relationships as well. Cannot afford to divorce and things and live apart. But I also think then it's kind of the the demand to do this. I'll often say the demand to do this stuff is even greater because you're not in the right environment, but you could just build this like blanket of stuff around you, which is good food, good music, (laughs) like walks, call the people that you love and that make you feel good and, and, you know, just keep going with that stuff. And it is going to eventually resolve itself. I'm sure you'll get through this and it will. But I was also just going to say from a test perspective, the other area I do like testing for is just once a year running an MOT on yourself because you can, I do also have cases where people are fine and then they kind of just suddenly have the rug pulled under them from something that was ticking away in the background, which is why, especially as you get to kind of 50 um, they're even thinking of bringing a lot of screening earlier now, aren't they? So for like uh, prostrate, bowel, I think bowel is now 50 actually, but prostrate um, screening even earlier because it's happening to a lot of younger men in terms of prostate cancer mm. and stuff. And I do think screening and, and kind of preventative testing like MOTs is good, just once a year, like just to keep an eye on stuff. I've like seen stuff for myself on there. I've picked up stuff for um, clients as well. And that's when I think, and by the time you've, you know, invested in all that stuff, like, it's not cheap, so... Yeah, no, exactly. And, then, and like, the, the supplements, again, you don't have to spend a fortune. But just to go back to the mushrooms, I just want to mention this. I had some training with um, Haifaz de Terra, who are a... Um, they're a medicinal mushroom company, and I use them with clients who've... Um, I've used them with my parents, because um, they kind of specialise in oncology. So what mushrooms can you take during cancer treatment. And I came across them when I was training. They've been around for, uh, for gosh, it must be like 15, maybe longer years. And so when I was training in nutrition, my friend was going through, um, she had ovarian cancer. So I was, um, I'd come across turkey tail, which can be used in, in cancer treatment. So I remember recommending that to her. And so this company has always been one that I've just trusted. Because mm. the kind of point I wanted to end on is like, there are very few people I now trust in this industry, but I've got my companies. Trust but, is important. Uh, yeah, and Rob Wolf's one of them. Tommy's another, um, uh, Tommy Wood. So there's certain people that I trust because they are exactly aligned with with kind of how we are in that they're like, I'm not going to recommend things that mean people spend a lot of money, get no benefit. And, you know, I've pocketed from that. I generally want to fix people, help people and clear the noise and get them focusing on lifestyle things that are Mm. sustainable and make a big difference. And just going back to the mushroom company, what was really interesting was um, they have some new products coming out. And I said, I want to speak to you about how I combine the mushrooms because I know you can combine like lion's mane with reishi and um, for things like long COVID where it's a bit more complex and there's more systems involved. And um, I said, I just want more guiding on the dosing. So they did like two private sessions with me. It was amazing. But one of the sessions he talked about how they grow the mushrooms. And um, because they are so kind of passionate about it, they know the therapeutic doses. They've, they've sent me paper after paper about how the mushrooms can work, and but what the dose is that actually has an effect on the immune system. And then they've done these trials for, um, if you are if you know someone going through any kind of um, oncology treatment the the trials they've done for their their products there's one for um breast cancer which is called uh, mycomama and it's fantastic like it's and it's so safe and most oncologists because of all the papers that they've done it doesn't interact it actually makes their chemotherapy treatment more effective wow so it works very synergistically same with radiotherapy as well so um 
I was really impressed with all the kind of science and um, this, he's given me this huge like document that I can go through. But he was saying that they grow their mushrooms on wood chip. And he said, you can come to Spain if you want and see where we grow them. But we grow them on wood chip because that's traditionally how mushrooms grew. And it means that you get much more of the kind of fruiting body, which is the active kind of compound that they put in the capsule. And then he said, we make sure that every capsule of this product, for example, is 15 to 1. So we have to have like 150 grams for every one capsule. And that means it's going to be therapeutic and effective. He said, what you're finding now is this mad mushroom craze that's gone on. You've got mushroom teas and everyone I noticed like, God, there's like really cheap mushroom products coming up, whereas they've always been quite expensive. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I see them as worth it because of the research behind them. And um, he was saying they're now growing them in America on grains. So that they've never been grown that way before, even in kind of Japanese, because Japanese um, medical kind of basically they've, they've always used them in Japanese medicine for kind of cancer therapy and stuff. But he said now they're growing them on grains and it's a tiny amount in the capsule. It's much less and that's why they're able to charge a lot less. And so it's just really interesting that, that you've, you know, we've always said like not, no supplement brands are equal, but you could be literally wasting your money on something mm. when there's something that's much more effective, but you're going to have to pay a little bit more money. And this is where I think it's good that if you are going to invest, you invest in the right product the right supplement with the right science and the right quality behind it like i joked and i was like so you've got low carb mushrooms and everyone else has got like they're, they're eating the grain <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're on the bread <laughs> but yeah um and it was just a really nice session and then i spoke to somebody else who was saying they were looking at the mushroom content of like some of these powdered superfoods and teas and there's nothing in them like it's just mm. placebo but like even I got roped in the other day on an advert that was like a chai mushroom drink. And I thought, could that help me give up coffee? And I looked and it was like £40 for a subscription. And I nearly clicked it and I thought, that's going to kill me because I'll have one and go, that's disgusting. That's not coffee. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We were in a health food shop yesterday um, and I was looking at the uh, like coffee alternatives <laughs> and there was a mushroom coffee oh, yeah. with like added like maca. Yeah. You know, and I was like, you know, could that be... Because I'm genuinely trying to lower my coffee coffee intake. It gets a bit out I've of I've given hand. you maca before. You said it was the most vile thing you've yeah, ever had. Yeah, well, that was the thing. But I looked at it and I was like, mm, should I give it a bash? Turn it over. It was only a tiny little bag. It was like 15 quid. What? And I was like, no, you're all right. <laughs> I think I'll skip it. I'll pass. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll stick to my coffee, you know, my old faithful. But do you know what? This, this has been an interesting conversation, actually, because I feel like we've kind of gone off on a few different, like, tangents but i think ultimately it comes back to before you start spending a fortune on anything tests supplements whatever it might be ask yourself the question are you are you are you doing the basics you know are you i was about to say nailing the basics but I don't think anyone's truly nailing the basics. Like I now, I I I do most of the basics, but I, I need to work on some things. I.e., my sleep shite at the minute, but I'm also drinking too much coffee. Yeah. Cool. So just just on that note, this is just, I'm just going to sing your praise for a second here. But this is oh, where I like this. It's a good if, episode. Yeah. That's twice if, now. If, if your struggle is that you, it's the accountability, which I totally get. By the way, so. People might be sat there going, well, that's all very well, Matt, but I struggle to stay accountable. You know, once life kicks in and everything gets mm. busy, it all goes out the window. And of course, the more stressed we are, the lower our mood goes, the more we're going to crave, you know, the kind of the comfort foods, the coffee, the wine, yeah. the crisps and stuff. Me and you have exactly the same struggle. But if it's an accountability thing, this is where I think 
you know, I see these people spend all this money on tests and I'm like, you have a plan called Strong 60. You're about to relaunch it now just before Christmas, which you said, you know, some people have reached out to you and gone, we really do that before Christmas. And you were like, yeah, hell, why not? You know, why not? Because it, it, imagine getting in the best shape ever by, you, you said, oh, if I run it now, then it finishes on New Year's Eve. Yeah. But I was like, imagine just having that accountability to, because, and this is what I've said, I did a menopause talk, uh, you know, for a gym a couple of weeks ago. And, and I said to a lot of the women there, Actually, a gym is probably the best place for you to all go in terms of if you, if you can find accountability, either online or in person, that gets you lifting some weights, going to the gym, eating well, meeting your protein targets, and talking to people that are going through the same thing as you and finding it really hard. Mm. And one of the Community. nice things that you've done is group calls with your Strong 60. You're doing a kind of men's plan at the moment, but you're going to do a mixed plan. And then in the new year, you're going to relaunch it again. Is like the, you've said, the group calls have just been great in terms of everybody sharing like this has been a battle this week and then someone's like yeah it was for me but then I had this really fast recipe and oh I really liked the sausage bean bake in the recipe file you know mm. and so people sharing like what works but then also they've just kept each other on track and yeah. they've all had you you know you've said that they've all had highs and lows in terms of like life events happen jobs whatever as in job changes yeah. and they've all been consistent and I think that's when like accountability and that's why I'm like I'd rather people invested in that than any test <laughs> you know I'm just like find this, a way is this, is this, that gets it? you to repeat those behaviors day in day out and enjoy the people that you do it with and work with and and do it with passionate people because that makes a difference so if you found that in your gym or wherever like stick with them because uh, you know and, tr and trust them because it's really easy to be thinking you should be doing more like oh that supplement looks mm. really interesting and my friends are doing this and so and so is doing this and yeah well first of all i appreciate the uh the plug <laughs> <laughs> but they've all got great results i've been like no, so they, impressed they really have and, and and a few things have come to mind actually like with, with what you've just said um firstly thank you very much Sorry. appreciate it um so in terms of accountability, like slight correction on that, because I, I made this very clear with the guys. I was like, I, I'm not here to hold you accountable. Like this is not a hand-holding plan, but I'm here to help you hold yourself accountable because I'm, I'm a firm believer that you, you can't outsource accountability because it will never last. Oh, that's very clever. If, if you're yeah. looking for someone else to hold you accountable all the time, that's you not taking responsibility. Yeah. yeah you yeah. need to be like, I'm going to hold myself accountable today. And this plan and the people that are on it and the people I'm working with are, are helping with that. They're helping me take responsibility, taking yeah. ownership of it. The other thing is, is the changes we have made on the plan have been so simple it's scary <laughs> like and, and this is what I keep saying to people like you know complicated does not equal better results more changes does not equal better results like it's doing the basics consistently yeah, yeah. that's the key word that goes such a long way like but also I think I, I mean I did we plan out the content initially and you said like many of them said I haven't had a chance to look at all of it so but they've still like got what they needed and, and yeah. got results but when I did, I did a session for your group on fasting and I was like, <laughs> and, and the kind of takeaway at the end of it was like, the, the best thing to do is like, look at time restricted eating, like the simple approach, you know mm. what I mean? And so half of the things that we're doing is actually just dismissing the myths yeah. that make them think they should be doing something else. So they were like, should we be doing 16-8? Should we be doing this? And yeah. No, not not. <laughs> oh, and you just reminded me, actually, going back to something else you said at the beginning, you were talking about like, basically life being life, right? Like, 
work stresses, you know, bad news in in the family, you know, all the things that we all experience, right? Like, and and I've always said, like, every day we're faced with decisions to make, right? And especially like around our training, our food, but life has a big influence on that decision-making process, right? Like if we're stressed, naturally, we, we, we tend to seek comfort or some kind of like therapy, you know, in the form of alcohol or maybe excessive training. Like everyone's got their thing. Everyone's got their coping mechanisms. And, and I think like the beauty of like the Strong 60 plan was that like it wasn't a rigid plan that, you know, offered no flexibility. It was one that allowed people to make the best decisions they could, even when life is shite, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, yeah. You know, when, when you're having one of those days or, you know, a, a sequence of days and or you've had some really bad news, it's, it's equipping people, I think, with with the knowledge to be able to, to back themselves in those situations. Because th- the reality is, is that we can't control everything, but there are certain things that we can control which are harder to control when when life's doing its thing. But I think having that reminder that, like, in this situation right now, what's going on at work is out of your hands. That bad news that you've just had, you know, within the family is out of your hands. Like, it's not your fault. There's nothing you can do. However... Your reaction is... There's, there's these other things that you could control that, yes, it's going to be harder because of the circumstances, but I guarantee you'll feel so much better if you do. Yeah. And sometimes it's like also just, you know, like look at your environment. And I just think if 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 shit's going down, don't buy that food, that wine, that's don't don't fill your cupboards with stuff. Do you, know, mm. you know how that's gonna end, you know? So it's almost like tidy up the environment because you can do that. Just fill the fridge with like nutrient dense foods, cooked, ready cooked foods and you know, make it really easy to grab the right thing and and get to bed early. Um it's interesting. I had, I had listened to um, someone talk. I can't remember who it was saying people would probably lose weight if they just spent more time sleeping. Like you know, you know, you're in bed for a start. You're not eating. Yeah, it's true. But I think that, you know, staying up late, like there's just more room to end up craving food and snacking and stuff. And then but it's we, also like we said that with the, when we did the fast though, didn't we? We were like, should we just go to bed because yeah. like we can't eat yeah. and you know it's and, and to be fair it was like well actually that's this is good it's just reducing the window yeah of of temptation yeah um i think so, yeah. I've, I've had a client who said like we close we now close the kitchen at six i thought that was quite cool yeah we close the kitchen at good six shout you know and we just no one has like it's water after that and i was like oh that's interesting Anyway. We should probably wrap up We there. should, yeah. We, we, we've half gone on a bit. We have. Um, <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed that, people. Um, as I always say, like, even if you came away with, like, one thing that were just, like, you were like, oh, I like the sound of that. Oh, you know, I can I can implement that into my life. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's done the job. So, um, again, apologies uh, in uh, advance if the... Um, if the, the audio isn't as good as it is uh, usually, but we'll look into getting a new mic and, and stuff like that. And uh, we'll see you in episode 181. Bye-bye. See ya.